The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. to episode 56 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Wayne Fercully, joined by former Sabres goaltender and coach at the University of Michigan, Steve Shields. We just saw that video of you from the epic, legendary Garth Snow, Steve Shields brawl from the second round of the 97 playoffs. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just wondering what I was thinking (laughs) back then. Oh and my God! That that's a guy. That's a guy who has been in his fair share of of fights, and you held your own very, very admirably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know what? It's crazy how tired I was after throwing five punches. I remember, like, when I got my jersey off, standing at the bench, I was inside. I was like, oh, I hope I get kicked out right now because I'm so gassed. You know. And ever since then, I've always had a ton of respect for how much effort that takes just to stand in there like that. Oh, yeah, man. And again, against a guy, a seasoned veteran like 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 Garth Snow, who's like I said, been in his fair share of tilts. Um, And you've been in a few, too. And, you know, with that being said, I was searching through YouTube because, I mean, everybody knows that Steve Shields Club. There wasn't a lot with you um, just like highlight real stuff on YouTube because obviously, you know, social media was. 
far into the picture back then. Um, you know, the only thing I could find was with when you were at San Jose and it was a breakaway against Sergey Fedorov that didn't go your way. So. I know. It's probably better, though, when I, you know, because when I deal with the kids now, it's it's got to be like it was when I was watching old goalies when I was younger. And it's like, I can't believe they would do that or everything they're doing is wrong. You know, so to a big, you know, to a big degree, I'm I'm happy about that. But yeah, that's where you know any any time I run into any old friends or friends' kids that uh, that come up to me or we talk about my pro career, it always ends up back there. I mean, there's probably four fights out there, <clears throat> and that's the best one. I mean, I think I go downhill from then. <laughs> Man, I want to say downhill. We we just had on. Um... You know, as I mentioned before the show, we had on for a watch party of the pre the game seven from the previous round. Um, you know, against Ottawa, the infamous Derek Plant game, yeah. on Tug Nuts glove. It was like a picturesque moment watching Tug Nut looking over his shoulder and watching you know dribble into the net and then throw his gloves over his head. It was just you know, and as far as Rick Janaret calls it go. That's my favorite because the way this is like, are you ready, Legion of Doom? Here yeah. come the Buffalo Sabres. And you know what? They they they, they did not disappoint in, in Philly. You know, that's a, that was a tough hockey to play for play against. You know, they you know the Broad Street bullies, you know, reinvigorated, I guess you could say back from the old 70s teams. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, you know, you look back at those teams uh, that you played on with Buffalo. And you kind of look at what we're dealing with here right now, and it's just night and day coming from a an emotion and a passion and an energy standpoint and a culture standpoint. It is absolutely night and day. And we, you know, we we had such a good time watching that game with you know Brad, uh, not Brad, uh, Rob Ray, Matt Barnaby, Dixon Ward, and, and Derek Plan himself. We had such a blast, and we got such an overwhelming response from it because it's like Sabres fans was like. Oh my God, that is exactly what I needed. That was like the best hockey game I've watched. watched that one. game. You watched that game seven. Yeah, we watched that game seven and we, we streamed it live for anybody who wanted to join and watch with us. Oh man, that would have been great. Oh, Ray and Barnaby great. did not go did not stop going back and forth at each other. At one point, Barnaby's uh connection was lost and he sent me a message. He goes, Hey man, sorry, I lost connection. I had to do a radio interview in a way. So he goes, I probably he goes. I probably lost. Uh, I probably lost connection because of Ray's big fucking head. <laughs> I bet. Who was playing center on the goal that we tied it up in the third? That was, was Derek Plant too. That was Plant too. Yeah, yeah, off the faceoff. It was right off the yeah. faceoff. Yashin. Yep, that was yeah. the game playing goal. He's actually still to this day. It's NHL history. The only player to ever score a game seven game tying goal and game winning goal. That was unbelievable when that happened. I I. I you never see that. I mean, I don't know if I've seen it since, you know, where you just flip it, you know, did he really, did he, did he score it or? Well, it was, it was, he, he, definitely had yelp, he definitely had help from the turtleneck Yashin. Uh, you know, only guy I've ever seen where a turtleneck got on the ice, but uh, right, he, exactly. he pulled it back and he, his stick went forward and definitely hit his stick, but there was a slight deflection in two, but yeah, it was, yeah. I've never seen that still to this day. Yeah, no, it was great. Like, and just just watching that clip with the fans, I you know the fans are so passionate in Buffalo, uh, you know, and you probably see it with the Bills all the time. Oh yeah, you know what they're what they want to be like, and just to right now, it's a tough environment. Trying to build a team now is 
you know, is really difficult because if, you know, you make a couple mistakes and, you know, you could be back to square one. Yeah. Very and tough. it starts from the top up, you know what I mean? Like building that base in, of management, you know, it all trickles down from ownership and, you know, on the bill side of things, it's gone very well. They got, they hit, they, they knocked out of the park with their first hire with, uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, that worked out very, very well for them. But obviously here right now, they've been through a carousel of coaches and GMs. And now we're on to, you know, Kevin Adams, first time GM. Very, you know, that that surprised a lot of people. Um, I guess it's in a a circle of trust with the Bagulas. I guess Kevin Adams was within it and that's why they hired him. I mean, Still, still a lot left to be t- determined with Kevin Adams, but you know, um, Ralph Kruger has been struggling as the ju- as the head coach in Buffalo, and he's got a lot of people calling for his job right now. Um, seven wins yeah. in the last twenty eight games. I mean, that's the way it works, right? I- I'm I'm watching how much time they give a new GM. You know, how long is the honeymoon period for him? Yeah, before it- the decisions are on him. Is that happening already? Um, no, I, th- I think I think Kevin Adams, you know, it's nowhere near the, the time to question that because he did make good moves in the offseason. He did go get Taylor Hall. Yeah. Um, that, that was a gutsy move, especially when the the, the the knock on him was that his legs were gone. They're not gone, but they, he didn't have the same legs he had, you know, years prior back when he won the MVP with New Jersey. But, you know, th- you know that was a gutsy move. You, went, you, you, you traded for Eric Stahl. Um, you got Tobias Reader to fix your penalty kill, which he done, which he had done. Um, yeah. you, you have one of the best power plays in the league, plus one of the best penalty kills in the league. But offensively, you just can't get it going five on five. You know, um, four goals in the last four games. You know, you were shut out back to back times. It's, it's oh. you know, it, you know, Sabers, the Sabers fans here, they are absolutely, we're crushed right now. Yeah, well, the and the expectations coming into the year were, or at least they were. A year ago, you know, when bought like Botteros last year as the GM, expectations were pretty high. And then to just have to start over again, it's just got to be demoralizing. You know, there's a common denominator, though, from like the teams that, you know, that were good back in the 90s, the, the Sabres teams and even the Bills now. I mean, in the biggest position, you've got a star. And I think that if you don't have a star, it's really tough to win. Absolutely. And consistency is key too, right? Like, you know, you can't – in any sport, you can't constantly expect certain players, any players, to really sustain success when you're constantly, you know, going through coaches and GMs and just – you know, we, we dealt that with here in Buffalo at the quarterback position with the Bills, you know, constantly new coaches, new systems, new schemes. You know, at one point we quarterbacks that you probably had three different head coaches in the matter of five years. It was insanity. Once you have that consistency, I think that's when the, the, the success starts to come. But I think the problem here with Ralph Kruger is he doesn't have the type of players that are best fit for the system that he wants to run. And you know, it's pretty evident on the ice. You know, you have a bunch of offensive gift, offensively gifted players in Jack Eichel, um, Taylor Hall. Yeah. You know, even Eric Stahl at his age, he can still produce offensively. Jeff Skinner, you know, forty goal scorer two years ago. Um, uh, Victor Olfson, the the rookie Dynamo from last season. You know, even Jack Eichel said in an interview, this kid can score forty in his sleep. Um, and then you have Rasmus Dahlin on your blue line, 
who, you know, is a prodigy, a prodigy defenseman. Yeah. Who you're, 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 you're kind, you're kind of, you're, you're almost like you're neutering him with the system you want to play because you're taking away the best parts of his game. So I think that's where the criticism is coming from on Ralph Kruger. Now, and that's just us, like that's, you know, that's fans. And there's always, you know, like there's a big difference between, you know, what we want as fans and what, you know, the coaching staff sees when they look at their team because it's just, you know, I just can't imagine coaches, you know, sitting in the locker room game planning or looking at their lineup and being totally wrong. I mean, so to a large degree, I would have to think that, you know, Ralph and their staff believe that they're close in a lot of ways, um, you know, but the, there is a such a fine line between winning and losing right now that, you know, it makes it look like it's a lot worse than it probably is. But, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't get any breaks at all, or if your goalie, you know, doesn't make that one save, then I think it's very easy to be in the bottom of the pack in the NHL. Absolutely. And goaltending hasn't been the issue for Buffalo, honestly. Uh, Linus Olmark has played very, very well. I think I personally, you know, never doubted Linus from the beginning of the season. I thought he made strides last year in his, in his development, and I thought he's done the same this year. Obviously, he's injured, and Carter Hutton isn't the type of guy I think that can really carry the load. Um, I think he's, you know, I want I don't want to say the game has passed him, but he's past that point in his career where you can expect him to play, you know, eight out of ten games and expect to be above five hundred. Um, he's the type of guy that you can sporadically sprinkle him in here and there and get a good game out of him. And then you have Jonas Johansson, who you know, you know, has only started a handful of games. And um, you know, last night, for instance, he let in a goal from just above the goal line, you know, outside the faceoff circle. Yeah. Um, in his RVA, in his RVH, let his head off the post, went off his head and in the net. It, yeah. you know, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle when Linus hasn't been in that. That's for sure. But I, I, I wouldn't say goal goal has been the biggest issue for Buffalo. Right, right, and you know, and to make it worse, when you know, like you have a young kid in net, and like we and we look back at the game last night, and it's you know a goal that goes, you know, over shoulder past his head. But you know, when the team is going well, those goals still go in. You know what it's like being a goalie; like that stuff happens. Um, you know, it's just it's just like when guys start gripping their sticks or start you know being nervous about what's going to happen if they don't you know win the game. I think it's just a bad vibe, you know, and that's, and that's just a feeling I get is like, you know, something needs to happen where there needs to be a break or, you know, like they got to catch a break somehow and, you know, and, you know, get the momentum turned in their favor, uh, you know, and that's, that's how it's going to happen. <clears throat> I agree. And, you know, hopefully that break comes sooner rather than later. I know they're dealing with a lot of injury on their blue line right now. Again, we mentioned Linus Olmark. Um, it's just, you know, I think one of the biggest things missing is that grit and that jam and that willingness to have each other's back on the ice, because, you know, I, I genuinely question a lot of fans question whether or not, um, whether or not if somebody like Jack Eichel or Rasa Stalin was scummed behind the play or in the play, who would, who would be the guy to step up and stand up for him? And, you know, outside of Dylan Cousins, who, you know, I'm not sure if you saw that highlight, Dylan Cousins dropped the gloves. 19-year-old rookie and held his own and dummied a guy just to try and get his team a spark. And that, honestly, that was the most excited this team has looked in in, in a, over a month. And yeah. you know, I think it's you need more of that, though, from other other areas on the team. 
Well, and you do need like a, you know, like whether or not you're, you know, depending on, doesn't matter what type of player you are. I mean, they, at the end of the day, as a professional, they, I mean, and most guys do it on a daily basis, but if you have one or two guys on your whole squad that, you know, are a little bit checked out at times or not, you know, doing what's expected, it will bring the whole team down. And then you can just tell with a place like Buffalo or a lot of teams in any sport that are struggling to put together a lot of wins. Like it's just a really, it's not a good, you're never at your best uh, emotionally and, and mentally. So it makes it very tough. Like, and in the NHL winning games is, it's so hard, like that you have to be. So it's just like, it's just a bad cycle to get into, you know, like look at Tampa, like they can't lose, you know, like they just find a way to win games. And I think it's because when you're winning, you just don't think about it. You're just doing it. You know, now Buffalo's fighting to find an edge or get a break. But, you know, I couldn't – it would be very difficult to be, you know, at work every day excited to do it when you feel like you can't catch a break and you're – you know, and you feel like you're working, you know, hard and smart. So it's tough. Tough for everybody. It is. And – you know, it, it, again, it would be different for the team if if they were at least scoring and it looked like the energy was there, you know, but they were losing, you know, things aren't – they're having bad puck luck, this, that. But it's just, you know, I didn't think things could get worse than they were last season, but it, it's gotten worse. And, you know, again, a lot of the fingers are being pointed at the coach. And, you know, we'll see what happens here. They have two more games uh, tomorrow night and the night uh, – tomorrow afternoon and the day after on Sunday, both against the Islanders, a very defensively stout hockey team. We'll see, you know, we'll see if they can pull out a win here because if they go 0-3 and get swept here by the Islanders, I find it – I'm very hard-pressed to see Ralph Kruger coming out of this weekend with still having a job. But that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. Especially after seeing what happened in Calgary and in Montreal with both of them firing their head coaches. Well, that's life in the NHL. I mean, there's – you know, that's typically <clears throat> the move that that is made first. You know, coaches know that going in, <clears throat> but it's – it's tough. It's, I, I couldn't imagine being a coach at that level. It's, you know, like I, I couldn't imagine being a goalie coach at that level, you know, where you're probably first in line for the blame, but as a head coach, it's, you know, I don't see where the joy is in being a head coach in the national hockey league. No, I mean, it's literally, you know, you got a year window or whatever you have. And then, then you got to start dealing with rumors especially here in Buffalo, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the thing of it is you had a year and a half to get it figured out. And if not, you're gone, it, you know, but, you know, uh, obviously though, we're not just here to talk about the Sabres. You, how, however, are coaching a uh, young, young Swede yourself over there with Eric Portillo, who is having a phenomenal year. Yeah. I put emphasis on phenomenal before we start about that. I want to bring in my uh, guest co-host right now, Mike Rotolo. From uh, you know, former uh, RIT goaltender, um, friend of the program, Mike. Thanks for coming on with us, buddy. Thanks for filling in for Cully. Really appreciate it. Yes. How are you? I'm doing good. Sorry, guys. I just got Mike, out of work. What's up? Hey, it's an honor to be here with you, Steve. It really. How is. you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm good great. To hear. Good to hear. Sorry for joining late. I just got home from work. Right. That's like we all finish work and then get on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, and yeah, again, Mike, appreciate you hopping on here. Uh, Absolutely, we had, thanks for having we had, me. 
We had some scheduling issues with Cully. Cully missed the first time around with Shields too, and he hated that. And then you know some some things took uh, happened early in the day. That Maybe we have a history I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, like I said, we we're here to obviously for most part, talk about Eric and the season he's had so far. But before we do, I just want to share, um, you know, everybody who doesn't know who Eric is, a quick video of the season he has had. So, well, that season he has for, this is preceding uh, Michigan because I couldn't get the uh, the videos that he uh, has out there with Michigan. But this is when oh, he yeah. was in the USHL when he won goaltender of the year. So uh, here's a quick video for our, for our uh, fans out there. Eric Portillo. Block before it got to Portillo. Now a 3 on 0. Oh, what a glove save by Portillo. Ambrosio was stonewalled. Walking down the half wall. Halliday takes it away. Spinning, trying to clear. Campbell keeps it in. Backdoor. Glove save. Portillo. Oh, D. St. Val left wing with Farrell. D. St. Val along the ice. Glove save. Portillo on the deflection. He kept it out. Back to the point. Spets. Cross ice. D. St. Val has it. Backdoor shot. What a save. Portillo. It's loose. And another save. Right pad. He's miraculous. Almost got a good shot off from a sharp angle. Now Belpedio in front of back end. What a save, Portillo. He falls down with the left pad. Bodies falling all the way in front. What a left pad save by Portillo. Deflection from Ness. Sharp angle. Flailing. He makes another. Daniel Gushin over the blue line. Space. Philly on near circle. Backdoor feed. What a blocker save by Portillo. Up to the point. Dibitz. Down the half wall to Burnside. Debut. Full strength. High slack shot. Close. Save. Portillo. Works up the far wall, now stops back, trying to get it out of Dubuque's end. Hounded, giveaway, Seneca in front, back in, glove save, Portillo. Jack Jensen into the attacking end, right wing, pushes down to the goal line. Now back door, burger shot, and what a glove save by Portillo. Janicki near side pass, you back to Janicki in front, right pad, stone by Eric Portillo. And like, yeah. like <laughs> uh, Steve, if you want to comment on that video, I know it's uh, not what you've seen this season, but that's that that's the play that got him drafted in the third round by Buffalo and what got him uh, to Michigan University. Well, he deserves it. I mean, he's a, you know, very talented kid, uh, really talented, you know, spends a lot of time on his stomach, but, you know, he's a he, he actually competes really hard. Um you know, and he's a really, really smart kid. And, you know, like is is really dedicated to building his game and learning about, you know, how to establish, you know, a formula or routine in his game where he can, you know, get to a place where he can be the same guy every day. He's getting better every day and identifies, you know, for a goalie, the biggest part, you know, in my mind is being able to, uh, you know, to catch yourself and to self-coach yourself to a degree, uh, you know, out of your own bad habits and holding yourself accountable day to day in practice. And, you know, he's really made a lot of strides and especially for a kid that was, you know, that, you know, the goalie of the year in the USHL to come in and to have to, you know, sit behind an established goalie for a while without any reinforcement of playing games and getting that, you know, that confidence from winning games, you know, like for the first half of the year, it was very impressive how he was able to, you know, to, to sit there as a frustrated goalie, obviously when you're not playing, but to, 
to continue to work every day and to look at the big picture, you know, for me was a big, you know, was a big plus for him, you know, like something that, you know, I mark as an accomplishment for him this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, coming in, you when you you want to play, right? That's that's the yeah. that's the objective as a yeah. goal. You want to get in. You want to get the minutes in the net. Um, but just off the bat, to win goal of the year in the USHL for people who don't know, I played in that league. That is one of the toughest things to do. That league is so competitive, so much skill and so much talent. And for him to put up the numbers he did, uh, it just speaks volumes to the player he is. And the biggest thing for me is there's no wasted movement when he plays the game. He's very calm, he's poised, and he uses his size to his advantage, which I think is why he's gotten to where he is right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, you know, for us as, you know, like when we work with him every day and, and himself, like he, he he's somebody that notices, uh, you know, extra movement in his game. And it's something that he specifically, you, you know, has identified as something that's a key to his success. And that is just, you know, doing the least amount possible. Um, you know, a lot of goalies that are intelligent, like, you know, we have two of them here with, you know, with Eric and also Strauss Mann, you know, who's our starter, who's a junior, you know, they're both, so, you know, they're such smart kids that, you know, sometimes you, you know, you're a goalie, you, and you can outsmart yourself really easily. Yep. You start thinking that there's a different way to do it. Uh, and, you know, other than, you know, the simple way, which is difficult because for these guys, a lot of hard work means staying involved and invested in practice when the reps get boring, um, yep. you know, improving that you don't need to come up with a new way to stop it. You just have to stop that shot nine out of 10 times instead of, you know, eight out of 10, you know, and the eight out of 10 got you to college, but, you know, and, and you can have success doing that, but if you're going to be a pro, you have to understand that the the pucks that you're expected to stop, you have to stop. There's no room for error. Uh, and that's yeah. the toughest part about, you know, becoming a pro or having success at this level and is, you know, doing the same things every day, even when it gets boring. Smart guys, like guys that try to think their way out of it as a goalie, it gets very tough. And I think sometimes it's like they want to do so much, you know, yeah. but it's like, you know, and, they're easy guys to coach in that sense, you know, and, you know, Chris Mayotte, who act, who works with the guys day in and day out on the ice, you know, when I, when I go over with the goalies, their plan and, you know, where they are in their game, it's, it's impressive to see them, you know, come back to, you know, little details of their game that, you know, you wouldn't otherwise notice that are the keys to their success and not, you know, the big thing that other they see other goalies in the NHL doing and they all want to try, you know, like right. so they, they're showing a lot of maturity, but Eric Portillo is, you know, he's, he's going to be a really good goalie for a long time. Um, you know, you guys just got to let us keep him for a while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking, uh, you know, touching on that though, a few months ago, um, it was just in one of those, you know, uh, uh, Twitter, Twitter threads, we were talking about Portillo and a fan kind of sarcastic. Can he play now? And you were tagged in it and you said, absolutely. And just to show proof of that, we have it right here. I thought you meant play college right now. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was before you ever played a game. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't, we weren't sure because uh, right there it says you said, absolutely, he could play right now. I know, I know fans were, uh, 
you know, kind of sarcastically asking because of the situation currently in Buffalo. But you know, with yeah, that, absolutely done, not yet, not yet. <laughs> just wanted, just you just wanted to clarify what you right. meant. <laughs> you know what? I think most goalies that got that get to this level, they're so good now. That the goalies are so good at this level that they probably could make it through a couple games here and there. Like they wouldn't. You could put a goalie at a, a college goalie out in the pros at some, you know, some games, and they wouldn't look out of place. Now, consistency and long term, you know, and depending on who the kid is, it would be tough. But, you know, everybody's so good. And that's one of the other things that we got we get to with these goalies is sometimes they forget to realize that or they haven't realized that to get to be where you are, you've gone 90 percent of the way and you've you've right. passed 90 percent of the goalies and none of the goalies you grew up playing with, for the most part, are at this level. And, you know, like, and sometimes it's just little things like that that matter to guys if they can really, you know, if they can look at it through another perspective and understand that, geez, I'm almost there. It is like just little details and little things and just letting the time go by and letting their game mature. Um, but, you know, but Eric, you, you're right. I mean, to make it to the NHL, you got to be doing everything right all the time. Oh, for sure. It's, you know, we're as goaltenders, we're creatures of habit, right? And I, you know, what you're doing down in Michigan right now with Eric is not just impressive. Like I said before, I couldn't put emphasis more on phenomenal. In the seven games he's played, he's holding down a 1.67 goals against average. He's four and one with a 935 save percentage. You know, and it, People like to hear in Buffalo to talk about Ukapeka Lukin, which he is a phenomenal, you know, he's a specimen. He is yeah. something that we're looking forward to seeing. You know, he, right now he's in Rochester. But when people ask me as a goalie, you know, who do I see being the franchise here? I don't even hesitate. I say Eric Portillo. Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, he, you know, he does trend in the, you know, in a way that you would expect if you're going to draft a goalie in the top three rounds, you're, you know, you're obviously you know, you're, you know, anytime you draft a goalie, you're, you know, you're taking, you know, it's a, obviously a crap shoot and a little bigger with goalies, but he does have all the qualities of a really good goalie that you would want. Um, and it's interesting to see who ends up, you know, becoming these franchise goalies and, you know, what is it about these particular guys that, you know, that makes them a franchise goalie and you got to have a lot of different things. And when I look at Eric, you know, I see a guy that wants to work on his game, that's interested in the game. Like he's a, you know, he's a fan. He, you know, like he takes in a ton of information. He talks to a lot of people and he's got that, he's got that little hint of, you know, at the end of the day, he feels like he's better than the next guy. And, you know, and that's, sometimes it comes off as cocky. It's a confidence uh, thing. You know, but you got to have that belief in yourself. If you don't have Absolutely. that, you can't get there. Um, and you can't even survive at this level on, to a point, you know. But to play like that in the NHL, like, you know, I look at Connor Hellebuck. Like, he's been around Michigan a little bit in the summer training because he's from here. And when you watch this guy on the ice, it's like that guy could be cocky, you know. But when you're that good, like, it's really not that. 
you know, it's just the guy believes in himself. And I see that in Eric. I see a lot of things like that in this kid. And, you know, and probably and sometimes you got to, you know, take a little bit of the air out. But he definitely is building a great, a really solid game for himself. And, you know, and we're just we're happy to have him. And, you know, and I can't wait to, you know, to see him as the, you know, as we go through his career for him to take over you know, and be the everyday guy once it's his turn to do that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What's the, uh, obviously every competition is healthy competition when you're in a goal, you're a goalie. What's it been like for those two guys, you know, as has Strauss taken on that leadership role and the mentor role for him so far this season, do they have a good healthy competition going? Yeah. I mean, these two guys, uh, you know, they're, if, if, you know, there's one, if there's one kid that could, you know, that does great with somebody like Eric, it's Strauss, you know, now it, when you talk about Strauss, man, you talk about a kid that when you think about an all American, you know, student athlete, he's your guy. I mean, you know, he's probably, if he's not a 4.0, he's a close to a 4.0 student. Um, you know, he's an unbelievable student of the game. And the most interesting part about, you know, their dynamic is Eric comes into school and he just plays, you know, he sees a lot of goalie coaches. He works with a lot of guys, he, you know, like any plays and right. you take Strauss man who, you know, his junior year in high school, he, he wasn't even in the picture for, you know, as a guy that was playing. I mean, this kid decided he was going to be a goalie. And then went about doing that in terms of he built his game from scratch and he's got this, you know, and Strauss has this system. He calls it uh, his formula where, you know, he really goes through every part of his game and he, and he, and we've debated this stuff, you know, ad nauseum, Um, you know, never ends, but this guy's got his whole game written out what he does in every situation. And for me, like I can never process this stuff in game. Like, I just, I literally did enough reps that I could repeat the save, but this guy processes things in the game. And he's one of these, you know, puck trackers that you only see once in a while. I mean, you know, this kid tracks pucks as good as, you know, anybody I've seen to the point where, you know, when Devin Dubnik was really playing his best hockey, you know, his, his, puck tracking was that great was just better than everybody else yeah, um in minnesota you know, and this is strauss man's you know this is his strength and so when eric got here you know a little bit loose you know the one thing that chris mayotte and i you know discussed was we got to get you know we have to find a way to have strauss rub off on this kid you know to the point where if eric build some structure into his game and starts taking notes and building up his game a little piece at a time. And then he can throw in his, you know, athletics, athletic system, and then his ability to go and access the puck anywhere. It's going to be a great combination. And it's really, it's really interesting to see them because you're in a goalie competition, you know, like you can be good friends and, you know, Strauss is a little older than him. So they're, you know, they're at different points in their life, but, you know, for Strauss to see, you know, a guy like Eric come in, who's obviously a drafted goalie, you know, he's, you know, there's going to be expectations for him to play. Strauss was not, 
you know, a highly touted goalie coming in, very successful. Uh, right. You know, they won the USHL championship the year before he came here. In Fargo, uh, right? He was in Fargo? Yeah, in Fargo. Yeah. You know, he had offers to other schools, but I'm not sure how much he was recruited. It's just been really great for me because Strauss is my type of guy in terms of I want to debate things and I want you to prove to me why you're doing certain things. You know, from yep. my history of being with Mitch Korn all these years, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a discussion about this. Um, yep. You know, and to have Eric come in and to see him work, you know, you know, and I'm, you know, because I'm more, you know, I'm a player development, uh, you know, director here in terms of I want, you know, I work with all the guys and we plan their future, you know, whether it's in hockey and most likely not in hockey, you know, and Chris Mayotte dealing, you know, being the bad cop in terms of really putting pressure on, you know, on Eric to repeat the same move all the time and to, to do that. It's been really really fun to watch him grow as a player um you know and he's a good one and he will be good yeah yeah i'm i'm extremely excited to watch eric play you know next year i'm assuming i i'd have to assume he'd be invited to develop to development camp assuming that the world is back to normal and that you know forever doing that again yeah 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 exactly and i i know i know sabers fans would be through the roof to see this kid in blue and gold and just Obviously, you know, keep. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of letting goalies develop, letting them, especially with a guy like you who's as seasoned as a, of a professional as you, that uh, can really show him the way and show what it takes to be a professional goaltender in the NHL. Um, you know, what are, what are some of the things I, I know you mentioned earlier that you know he spends a lot of time on his stomach. Um, his flexibility for me is one of the things that really you know stands out to me the most. His ability yeah. is, and again, as Mike mentioned earlier, um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like, he uses his size to his advantage. He's calm. He's very poised in that. You know, you said there's no waste in motion with him. Um, you know, any extra motion he has in the, uh, in, in the crease, he notices it right away and he knows what, what, what to take out of his game. So what are the things outside of, you know, the things that we've already talked about that you think that he sure. needs to work on the most, uh, you know, to get to that next level? Well, he's starting, he's starting to notice it. Starting, to you know, like he's starting to now he like and that's what we'll have to do. We'll have to get you some highlights of him here, because even the difference between those highlights and where he is now is there's a really big difference in terms of his patience, you know, like because he's a young goalie and never really, you know, the thing I like, you know, about where where he's at the most is he hasn't really ever focused on the things that a goalie has to perfect in terms of, you know, are you watching the puck or, you know, are you not guessing? Because, you know, like if you've been a goalie, you know what guessing's like, because yeah. <laughs> for the most part I guessed and I was big enough to drop down, you know, in a butterfly. And then I figured out the rest later, but I needed to get down and seal the ice. And, you know, to a degree, He's like that. I mean, you know, it got to, you know, there was a point at the beginning of the season when he first got here, you know, just because the shots were new and the level of the shooter was, you know, was was up a notch, uh, there was guessing. And, you know, when a guy like Eric guesses, it's pretty obvious because he, you know, everyone's got their ticks and he goes down a certain way. And there was a lot of, you know, 
shot after shot looked pretty similar. And it was, you know, just a simple thing in terms of, are you really watching the puck or with goalies, you know, when goalies talk, there's that little disconnect, you know, somebody can shoot the puck, but I really watching it after it leaves a stick. I mean, it's going so fast. I think I'm watching it, you know, but am I, you know, when it hits me, am I still staring straight ahead? Um, right. You know, or are you at least trying to follow it in? Um, and, and he, you know, he was a guy that I think got away, you know, with being big. And that was really, you know, he used that to his advantage. But you get to a point where, you know, your size won't help you if you're not really watching the puck and making the good decision. And you know, there's got to be some processing. So in terms of what he does well, like that's part of his game that you have to have as a goalie. And you know, you can see the you can see a a prospect, and you can scout a guy, you know, in juniors, but they're not really going to give that away to you to you spend some time with them until you watch them practice, and you're there, you know, really watching and and seeing if they can adjust to that. Because there's a moment where you know, for every goalie, where there's probably a few, you know, points like that, where if they can't get past that part, it's going to be very tough to make that next step. You know. If a goalie can't skate in terms of if they can't keep up with the puck, if they can't make their decisions, you know, fast enough to be set every time somebody's going to shoot, you're going to have issues, you know? Right. And I think what happens with a guy like Eric is if you're a little bit, you know, deficient in one area at a certain point, you know, all those little things catch up with you. He's, you know, and he had that until, you know, he – realized it and was taught it and you know and worked on it in practice and now when i watch them you know like i can watch a practice now and the greatest thing and you know and like i say mayotte and i talk about this all the time like you know, we've watched him go through practice and he sees now like you can see it in his body language when he guesses when there's a guy coming down the left wing and he goes one knee down and goes in the other way now he's pissed, you know, yeah. which is a great feeling, you know, because he gets it like and that's a big, you know, you know what it's like for goalies like you figure this out and then, you know, you got that now. And so he's gotten to the point with some of these skills where, you know, that's locked away. He's got it. Now all he has to do is, you know, do it every time. Right. You know, and he'll and he'll get his chance to do that. But that's the most encouraging thing. And when you hear like a goalie can access the puck, like that's, you know, he can basically be in any position and he's never far away. You know, yep. the other thing is, you know, goalies like Eric, any goalie, I mean, puck's going to beat you. If you're going to get scored on, it really has to miss you by an inch yep. or two inches. If it misses you by more than that, it should be going wide, you know, and, when when guys, I think every goalie's got a way that they if they they perceive the game, you know, some guys are more, you know, like they perceive things more spatially. Some guys, it's just like they have to be right in the moment or it's a feel thing, you know. But once you get these little things that happen in your game, it's like, uh, you know, a moment where it's clear and he and he's gotten to those. And that's really encouraging, you know, for me. And it should be encouraging it's definitely encouraging for him, but you know, for his team, like for his team that drafted him, like those are things that, that have to make, uh, you know, an organization like Buffalo feel good about his future when they're actually seeing that progression. 
Right. Um, you know, but you know, he he competes. He doesn't like getting scored on. You know, which is a big thing. Well, that's that's always good. <laughs> you know, he's a monster. I mean, he's yep. just he's huge. A, and when you watch his legs, I mean, he's flopping around up there in some of those highlights, but his legs are still like he's still he's not losing the puck. He's just not as crisp and as smooth as you know he's gonna be. You know, so right. the fact that he can battle, you know, is one of the things, and it's interesting that you say that because he likes to use his athletic ability as, you know, one of his, you know, anchors, like the pillars of his game where, you know, we want him to use it as something you pull out when you need it. Right. The rest of the time, you got to be a boring goalie that's just in the way, um, you know, and then when it all goes to hell, then you got to use your athletic ability to do what other guys can't do. You know, and he's just starting to figure that out right now, you know, which is a great thing to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Has the schedule altered at all with COVID? I mean, like when I was at RIT, for instance, we used to do goalie sessions after practice. That was our routine. Has any of that had to change because of the COVID protocols? Or have no, they had not really. Similar? I mean, you know, once we get through our bubble, I mean, we, you know, because we, you know, guys, we test every day. Um, and we're in that same routine. Once you go through your testing, you're basically cleared into your building and, you know, you can go to work. So, yeah. you know, for, for the goalies, the, you know, our sessions, you know, there were, there was a time where, you know, when I was doing the, the coaching of the goalies every day, then we used to go out in the mornings a little bit. Now you probably can't do that just because of the timing of our testing. But, you know, we have, you know, like, they go out probably an hour before practice, get their work in, come up, you know, change out of their shirt there, you know, get their sweaty stuff off and they'll do the ice and then they go out. So they don't miss any of the work um, at all, you know, and I think actually, you know, I, I was concerned that we would lose a lot of that work. And it turns out that, you know, actually the NCAA, the way that it's been set up is, you know, there hasn't been a better place for any player to be this year. As far as, you know, if you're going to, if you're choosing where to go between college or major junior, I mean, we're the, we're playing. Right. Um, you know, so it's been a great thing for, as far as, you know, developing and, you know, for, I just like the fact that the kids out there practicing every day, you know, yeah. hasn't been able to feel a lot of the games, you know, up until recently, you know, but he's, he definitely hasn't compared to other guys who have probably, you know, lost some time you know in terms of their development he hasn't lost any he's actually you know like for me he's taken you know steps forward when you know other guys may not have been able to do that yeah it's good for him yeah yeah and um you know i'm really interested because I've, I've been keeping a close eye on him i'm really interested because how about well his season has gone when he finally gets like that real first dose of adversity, you know, whether it's a bad game or, you know, a, you know, a, a, an unlucky, but not an unlucky bounce, you have a bad game and, you know, being such a young kid, I think, you know, that that's a real test of, you know, of you as a goaltender, when you really face that first, you know, dose of adversity, you know, ha has he, I mean, just from his numbers, he really hasn't yet. And even last year in the USHL, he really hasn't really – didn't really seem like he experienced much back then either. 
you know, how would you expect him to be able to handle something like that? Well, I, you know, I think there's a reason he has him, you know, because he, he's good. Like, right. And, you know, like he, I think to be a goalie nowadays, they're just tougher mentally. Like they don't, the stuff that used to affect me and really would affect my play, it doesn't affect these guys as much. It just, you know, like I think because the coaching's so different now and, you know, like since he was, you know, 10 years old or 12 years old, he's had coaches in his life and he, you know, like I really think they grow up with more confidence of what they can do. Um, I think the biggest thing for him was not playing at the beginning of the year. I mean, that was because it's for him, it was probably like having a few bad games where I can't do anything about it, you know, and you could see it. And, you know, and he, and he'll, he'll never say it was the best thing for him or it's good for him. Uh, you know, but if I'm, you know, for me, I do think that like you have to go through some of that, obviously. So later on when it happens, you can, you know, you identify what's going on and you can respond to it. Um, you know, but he has it. I mean, he's been solid. Uh, you know, we, we play a style where, you know, it's very tough sometimes because we don't give up a lot of shots some nights. You know, we're a possession team. We got skilled players. We, you know, mostly we've had the puck a lot. So he's not giving up a ton. Um, you know, we're, he's not getting those shots where you can feel good. I mean, if he's getting a shot, it's typically a good one. You know, like, so he he hasn't really had that bad, poor performance where you have to really dig deep and come right back and, you know, test yourself. You know, that's, he's had that in practice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think he's learned a lot too, just from watching the live game action? Obviously he's played in his fair share of games so far as a freshman, but I mean, the big 10 is no joke of a conference as right. we all know. So for him to put those numbers up as a freshman, even in the limited basis he has played this year, I feel like you can also learn just from watching the game itself. Do you think that's played a part in his development so far? Well, I couldn't say whether he has like I couldn't say exactly what he would learn just like watching the games. I mean, I, you know, for him, it's more about like the shooters, right? Faced. Um, so, are these guys are these kids at levels where they're going to pick up stuff on 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 the types of shots they're going to get and stuff in games? You know, probably not just watching. Um, you know, but definitely in practice and you know well, and yeah, absolutely. To, to feel the puck and, and adjust to the speed of it, you know, is probably the biggest thing, you know, he, you know, it is, it, you know, he does, he does have confidence playing the puck. And I think that when he started playing games, it was sort of a shock to the guys. He was right out there moving the puck and screaming and yelling and, you know, like never my cup so, of tea, like just never, he he's got no fear in that sense. So, you know, it, he, like if, you know, when you ask me that, I think he's probably sitting on the bench going, yeah, what are you going to put me in? Well, like, yeah, as a competitor, you know, like absolutely. You know, that's where that's where his mind's at. Yeah, as it should be. That's why he's, right. that's why he plays at Michigan in the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's no joke. There's a lot of players that are, you know, very talented around here. Yeah. What, I, what was his mindset? What were the nerves like going into that first start against – the Ohio State and getting a victory in his first start 
you know, what were his nerves like going into that? Because obviously, you know, he's played in the USHL. Again, as Mike said, that's no joke of a league. That's in his accomplishment. Accomplishments there are more than impressive. And then on the international level before that, what were his nerves like going into that first start? I mean, as far as I, I mean, I, I didn't really, I didn't notice. I mean, he, you know, he probably, now he's only played, you know, like, you know, he's got a long way to go and he's just starting. And, you know, and I think he was, you know, he's different than somebody like me. I have a hard time identifying with guys that aren't scared out of their minds before a game, you know, like that's the way I was, that's the way I played. I was scared every game um, of what would happen when I got scored on. He, he didn't, he doesn't have that. Like he doesn't really give that off, you know? So I never really noticed that there was, you know, anything different because the games he played at the beginning, like it was a shock to the D like he yells and he's, you know, he's trying to alert guys and he's out moving the puck and, you know, like it didn't seem like it bothered him at all, you know, which is another thing you can put on the list of, you know, what an organization is going to want to see from a goalie prospect, you know, a guy who's just not like, who's not worried about anything except for he's out playing the game, you know, and like to me, that was one of the most impressive things. So I don't think it really affects him at all. Yeah. I mean, the goalies to me is the quarterback of, of hockey. You see the entire ice, you see everything. So you need to be vocal and to come in that young and to be able to do that, obviously, when you don't play as much is such a huge sign for a young guy going forward. Oh, it's great. I mean, you should have seen the guys on the bench, like, and after the game, just they they love it. I mean, they, they love that, it, you know, the kid got in there, he's doing his thing, like, Yep. You know, he respects everybody else. He respects his partner, uh, you know, how we do things. But he gets in there. He plays his game. He, yep. you know, like, he's going to alert guys. Now, you know, maybe maybe the execution on, you know, on what what everybody's talking about is probably not on. There's mistakes. But, you know, it doesn't phase him. And he's, like, he's such a, such a nice guy. And, you know, but he gets on the ice and he's got an edge to him. It's good. Yeah, really good. Now I'm gonna have to go. You know, I get Mayot because you know Mayot's the bad guy. You know, yeah. I, I get to come in after, and you know, can't believe he yelled at you like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the old good cop, bad cop. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right back up. I love it. Uh, yeah. One question here from Stevie Business: Who is the most technically sound goalie currently in NHL? It's got to be Carey Price still, no, for me at least. Well, up there. I don't know if you can have a goalie. Like, I don't know if you can really separate the guys in right. terms of their technique. I mean, I feel like somebody like Connor Hellebuck is interested in his technique, but he's not like an obsessive guy like that. Like, this guy plays, yeah. you know. Um Vasilevsky, the way he's progressed makes me feel like he's done a ton of work on his game. And his numbers right now are, if you really look, if you dive into his numbers, I mean, they're, they separate, he separates from the pack so fast. And, you know, like historically, his numbers right now are obscene. Like, you know, I don't know if he's been like a four time, like led the league in wins four times as, you know, like, 
already wins already. What is he? Twenty six. Yeah, he's very. I mean, he looks like when you watch him. When you watch him from four or five years ago, he was a little bit more loose, and you know, like he he scrambled more. Now, like I don't see him really do much that you know he's not intending to do to stop the puck, and he's he's such a monster that he's got to be technically sound to fit himself in the frame of the net all the time. And maybe it looks a little awkward, but he's definitely, you know, keeps it all together. You know, and when you watch Carey Price, like I watch a lot of Carey Price practicing and, you know, I like, like he is very technical or in terms of when you watch him warm up, it looks technical. Looks robotic sometimes. It looks robotic. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think to a degree now, if you really broke down everybody, they're all like that. I mean, you yeah. can't you can't survive unless you're like that. Yep. Um, you know, you can't be. You really have to become a boring player, and that's the tough part. Um, I would say that I would say, you know, Kerry could be. I don't really watch. A, I I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly. Um, you know who would be, but. The younger guys, you know, for the most part are technical, like they're always the ones more obsessed with their technique. Right. Because they're always doing it better than the older guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I would imagine there's a new way of doing it that makes Carey Price start to look like a relic. You know, I can't believe that guy. He's looking like he's doing that all the time. The guys are probably doing it and we don't notice. Yeah. Yeah. But Steve, again, thank you for joining us tonight, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But, uh, you know, before we let everybody go, just want to let you know that support for Two Goalies One Mike is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the leading technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 200, 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof, has a flashlight. You never know you needed a flashlight while you shave. Well, I, you need one. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I can't stress enough that the, that the Lawnmower 3.0 is an unbelievable product. I know, Mike, you have it too. It's, it is phenomenal. And if you use the code word TRAINWRECK, all capital letters, T-R-A-I-N, W-R-E-C-K. You get 20% off plus free shipping. That's train wreck. T-R-A-I-N-W-R-E-C-K. 20% off free shipping. Um, thanks again, Steve. I appreciate this, man. Um, Thank you. It was an honor. You. Anytime, guys. My pleasure. Anything I can do to help. And, uh, you know, we got to get – we'll get some Michigan highlights next time. Oh, for sure. And if you want to – you want to bring Eric along with you next time? We wouldn't be against that either. Uh, I think we'll keep him hidden here for a couple yeah, more years. Yeah, yep. You know, <laughs> we'll let you guys get things straightened out over there in Buffalo. Then we'll let oh, him go. That's the thing. Deal. I think. I think. I think he's gonna be one of the keys in the future, man. I like. I think he could be the next. You know, you, you look at that. I mentioned this before uh, on the last episode that the, the gap between Hashik and Miller was four goalies. You know, you had four goalies dressed for the Buffalo Sabers since Miller was traded. We've dressed 22. I think it's 20 or 22. Really? Yes. It's been a lot. It, it has been a lot. So it's wow. been a carousel here in Buffalo. And, um, you know, I, I look at a guy like Eric, um, you know, and I, I genuinely see the future, you know, for in Buffalo, like him being a guy that could essentially bring success back here, um, sustain success. 
and just have that that consistency between the pipes again something that we've always held pride in you know you know it's not it's not easy to be a goalie to cut you know in buffalo especially with the guys that have played here you know as well as anybody else steve yeah it's so, tough it's it, tough it in general oh for sure you need those but, goals uh, for yep. yeah <laughs> yeah but All right. again, guys it's been 50 episode 56 of two goalies one mic we will talk to you all next week. Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests. The Blue Hotel Hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.